the Performance Training Academy podcast with today's guest, James Buckingham. In episode six, we are looking at the pros and cons of modern diets. We'll be discussing what the standard diet is currently in the UK, and then we'll be looking at pros and cons of what the keto diet is, the paleo diet, carnivore, vegetarian, and vegan. It's a discussion really just to give you an oversight into what these diets are, what it entails, and what you can get from them if you wanted to apply these into your daily nutritional intake. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to our podcast series. Uh, Today is episode number six, and we are discussing modern diets, the pros and cons of modern diets. We're going to be looking at what the standard diet is in the UK, same as the US in some respects as well. We'll probably touch on that slightly. Um, but mainly we want to look at in this podcast the pros and cons of the carnivore diet, uh, paleo diet, the keto diet, being a vegan, being a vegetarian. We'll discuss this. And obviously they're all quite big topics, so we're not going to go fully into each one. But I guess the idea of this one today is to give a little bit of a synopsis about what each one is and how you were to do it if it was if it's going to match your goals and what you wanted to get out of your nutritional intake. Um, so we're joined again by James Buckingham. Good morning, James. Morning, Ash. Good to see you again. And you, and you. So let's kick this off because we've got a lot to discuss in this one. Um, we've covered already in this podcast series uh, a bit about being fat adapted. We've discussed fasting. I'm sure it's going to come into this one slightly as well. Um, this podcast though is really about what most people eat on a day-to-day basis. What is the standard diet and problems of it? Um, I think we touched on this in our fasting podcast where the modern diet in the UK especially seems to be very much, uh, carbohydrate loaded based around starchy foods such as bread, pasta, potato, uh, meat kind of takes second fiddle to that and vegetables probably third string to it as well. So, um, from your experience, James, as a personal trainer for many years and a nutritionist and working with many different clients over the years, what would be your take on what the standard diet is at the minute and what are the problems of it as well? Yeah. Um, what you find is probably due to advertising <laughs> since the war, really, uh, we've been we've been told that like a high carbohydrate intake is the best thing for us so for example let's say someone comes to me and they want to talk about nutrition the first thing i say to them would be um you know so you know what do you eat and nearly everyone says i eat fairly healthily mm-hmm. and then i say you know what is what do you have for breakfast which is the standard question and normally people through no fault of their own say well i have a bowl of muesli with skim milk two slices of whole grain toast uh, a glass of orange juice and and you know that so in theory, back you know, 20 years ago, we'd have thought that's a really quite a yeah. healthy breakfast, but it, it's not. So without going into too much detail there, all that is is very, very high carbohydrate breakfast. And, and that cascades down for the rest of the day. So as you rightly pointed out, it's very carb heavy and more importantly, processed carb heavy, mm. which sets you up hormonally kind of up and down, up and down, up and down throughout the day causes kind of um, lulls in your energy and so on and so forth. 
So that is the first point I would say is the high carbohydrate intake, especially first thing in the morning. Um, secondly, everything's packaged and convenient, and therefore if it's packaged, it's preserved, and you know all that. We all know all this stuff. So we've got preservatives, packaging, and very often in order to preserve stuff, it's hydrogenated. So what you might have is processed carbohydrates with processed fats in the form of hydrogenated fats. And that's a recipe for disaster for all your cells. Mm. Um, and the other thing is because it's high in these carbohydrates and processed fats, um, the, your hormonal cascade, your leptin and ghrelin and insulin are all shot. And uh, it causes a huge inflammation response in the bo in the body as well. And we, you know, I could we could talk for hours about this specific subject. But to cut it short, as you rightly pointed out, mate, is um, high carbohydrates and high processed carbohydrates coupled with high processed fats. And as you rightly pointed out, a high uh, an extreme lack of protein, which remember comes from the word proteus, meaning primary or of most importance. And that's you know, from, from years and years and years. Protein. It doesn't mean protein shakes, which is something we could touch on, mate, if you wanted to. It's, you know, good quality animal protein. And we can talk about the whole pros and cons later on. Yeah, but hopefully yeah. that's a rough, rough, rough snatch up, mate. Yeah, and it is interesting, isn't it, how protein has become second <clears throat> to carbohydrate, especially as well. Um, and I think as soon as you start labeling protein as the food that we should primarily be eating, a lot of individuals will put kind of like stereotype it to being like a bodybuilder food and stuff like that as well and don't see the importance of it they don't know the health importance of it um, and obviously that's something that we'll touch on a lot when we start looking at the keto diet and the carnivore diet etc um, just to touch on a few things there you're completely right it's it, we're kind of marketed to believe what is healthy and we we've, we mentioned this on our personal training course you've mentioned this on our nutrition course how if you look at what supermarkets sell to us, you know, you've got a whole aisle dedicated to cereal, which is, you know, it's, it's massively carbohydrate based. And that's what we're told that we should be having for breakfast. And, and, and unfortunately, unless people do take that time to educate themselves about how the body reacts to certain foods, you know, you can understand why people think a bowl of Alpen or muesli is good for you first thing in the morning with that glass of orange juice as well. Um, and one thing on there, you mentioned this a lot on our nutrition course that you've done is you want to eat foods to thrive and with the breakfast that you touched on there of very high carbohydrate levels uh, spiking that insulin first thing in the morning it doesn't set us up for the day it doesn't make us thrive it, it has the opposite effect doesn't it yeah so you'll find that and we as you say we pointed out in various other presentations but the first thing you eat in the morning will set you up hormonally for the day so if you're eating a high, high carbohydrate processed, you know, all that stuff we just mentioned <clears throat> and fructose as well, you'll have an increase in insulin and anything insulin goes up and it, then it's driven down again and glucagon kicks in. So you're chasing this insulin up, glucagon, insulin up, glucagon, you know, and that's why you get up, you have breakfast, all that carbs, then you drive to work. Um, and then the minute you get into work, you've got to have a cup of coffee and a cigarette or whatever yeah, to yeah. kind of, and you're chasing that error as it were. Um, whereas if you eat a, a more protein and fat, maybe even animal-based um, breakfast, which I know uh, we can talk about later on, then the hormonal cascade is far more in tune with your circadian rhythm. You know what I mean? So um, it won't it won't necessarily cause a massive spike in anything, mm. but um, it'll give you a good influx of protein and fat, which is hormonally sets you um, kicks up dopamine and acetyl-L-choline, mm. which 
increases your brain function. Yang, you know, perky. That's it. <clears throat> I think with that as well, if no one's experienced that, I, I, and this is going back for a few years ago now, when I took on board, when we, you know, when you've talked to me many times about nutrition and you were, I, I always knew like steak for breakfast was against the grain, so to speak, but also a very good breakfast to have. And it wasn't until you explained why it was a good breakfast to me in terms of the effects you get. Um, and you realize actually, if you do have that type of breakfast, instead of the whole carbohydrate loaded breakfast, you do feel more motivated, more switched on mentally and you can get more productive with your work in the morning. Um, and that's a key thing. And I know we'll discuss that later and we have discussed it a little bit already. Um, and I guess as well, when you get to lunch with this standard UK diet, probably US diet as well, where we've probably had that spike of insulin, we've had that dip throughout the morning as well. We've had coffee to keep us going through it. When we get to lunch and then have another carbohydrate loaded meal, such as you know what's deemed to be the healthy pasta-based lunch, uh, mainly pasta with a few token bits of chicken on top or, or maybe a sandwich or a baguette or something like that. Again, it's very carb heavy. So then you get that massive insulin spike again at lunch and then you get that low pretty much straight after as well. So then you have, you're going through the afternoon phase of the day, also feeling very tired, sluggish, not switched on mentally. And I guess you do the same then for dinner, right? Yeah. You're, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're saying the same thing pretty much, mate, but what I was used to, um, be aware of is some would say, well, you know, I, and then for, for lunch, I have a jack of potato with tuna on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And of course, that's a, in theory, there's nothing wrong with potatoes, of course, but, oh, well, you could talk about lectins and all that business, but let's say <clears throat> in theory, it's fine. Um, but of course, it's a high, really high kind of starchy carb that you're just dumping straight into your belly. And of course, if you have your, your lunch break at half 12, when you get back to your desk at two o'clock, half one, I guarantee you just want to like die at your desk for at least 20 minutes, half an hour, and you get that horrible slump done. You know, all that is, is that, you know, insulin and then glucagon, and then you, you're trying to build yeah. back up. So it's, it's the roller coaster ride, so that is, which you want to try to avoid throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of does kind of summarize what the standard UK diet is. And I know this, you know this, and we know this because we've dealt with a lot of individuals. We've looked through many, many food, food plans, over, or food diaries over the years. Um, I've had people just like you have say I kind of eat quite healthily and then when you look at it and you break it down you realize it is that standard UK diet and obviously there's many worse ways to eat than that but what this these podcasts are all about and what you're trying to promote as well especially and what we get across in the nutrition course is how if you eat foods to thrive which does go against <laughs> the brain a little bit you know you are getting rid of that whole cereal for breakfast mentality or porridge or toast um, and you are changing it for a very high protein based breakfast. Um, it's, it's a really good way to eat because of the hormonal effect that you have. And I know we're going to go into that when we start talking about the diets in a second as well. Um, but I guess just to put a, a line on this, a standard UK diet is very carb heavy. Um, it is marketed to us, which is why most people eat in that way. Um, and as well with the way it's marketed, it's, and I've had this problem with a few clients over the years, I'm sure you have as well. When you try to change their eating habits and you want them to eat more meat or more fish or more vegetables, um, it's very easy to look at the foods which are processed because A, they're made to taste very nice. So we want to have them again. And that comes from the hydrogenated fats that we crave effectively. Um, and also they're cheaper or they're, they're perceived to be cheaper to buy. And I, I remember a barrier with many clients over the years when you try to promote them to eat more meat, more fish, more vegetables, local vegetables, a barrier for a lot of people is money. But then again, 
you can't put a price on health. Um, it doesn't always end up being that much more expensive when you actually break it down. Um, but money shouldn't be a barrier to eating healthy, should it? And eating how we should be eating for our, for our hormone, for our hormones and how we should feel throughout the day. No. Um, <clears throat> and actually it's, it's, it's also convenience because now we're so busy, you know, getting the kids to school mm. and get off to work and all that. So quick bowl of porridge or quick bowl of rice krispies in the morning, you know, that's, I'm out the door. Whereas if you have to maybe stir fry, um, cook up some eggs or whatever, mm. then it's a little bit more perceived to be a little bit more, more um, time consuming. <clears throat> so prepare your food. So for example, now in the back of the, in the kitchen back there, I've got um, a couple of lamb's hearts with some kidneys uh, and some beef all in the slow cooker. <clears throat> Excuse me, mate. I've got a frog in my throat. Um, but anyway, that's cheap as chips. Mm. And also, it'll do, me, it'll do me for loads of meals. But we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. not talking. It's about being prepared, and it's being yeah. educated about how to prepare, and understanding that time shouldn't be a factor. You can make a very high protein based breakfast using eggs or something which doesn't take that long at all. Um, as opposed to heating up some, making some porridge or, or whatever it may be. But again, it's just being prepared and understanding. And I suppose cha changing your habits from getting up in the morning, having that bowl of cereal. You know, if, if you don't want to have cereal in the, in the morning because you want to take these healthier options going forwards, don't put cereal in, in, your, in, your, in your cupboards and then you won't have the urge to go and have it. You know, have eggs there or something indifferent. In and yeah, it's, it's habit forming first. Education, habit forming, and then implementing it really, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's draw a line on that. So that's your standard diet, isn't it? Standard diet in UK, very, very carb heavy. I've seen it, you've seen it. It's very easy to fall into that uh, bracket. And convenient, um, mate, it was a big thing, but yeah. Massively, <clears throat> convenient, massively convenient. Now, we spoke just now before we went on, on air that about how uh, there are extremes. Uh, I'm not an extreme person. I'll explain that later on. Um, the diets that we're going to discuss now can be perceived to be very extremist in terms of like if, if you're on the keto diet, like we're going to talk about in a second, you know, it has to be all out keto and that's all you do and that's all you preach. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can just you can take the traits from that diet to, to suit you. Uh, and just see how it fits in with your lifestyle, can't you? But what we want to do here is explain really what keto is. And I know we've touched on it, but let's explain what keto is. Now, keto is your high fat, moderate protein, low carb diet. That's what I perceive it to be. Uh, could you explain a little bit further about like what keto truly is, how it yeah. applies to your body uh, and you know, how, why it's good for you and maybe some cons if there are any. So if we look at the pros and cons, but firstly, Everyone's chucking around this term keto and um, it, is it absolutely necessary to be in ketosis and that, well, you know, I don't, I don't think for a minute it is. <clears throat> it has got a pro insofar as from a neural regeneration point of view, I'll go, go through what it is in a minute, but from neural generation, regeneration point of view, then keto has got some um, medical uh, good attributes. And it's been seen to help, um, you know, brain regeneration, as it were. So things like Alzheimer's and autism and, and these type of things. <clears throat> um, but in order to be in ketosis, you have to be, I'll go through it in a minute. I'm getting it going around the houses a little bit. In order to be in ketosis, you have to keep your carbohydrate intake really low to, you know, under 10, under 50 grams, they say, per day. 
which is pretty low. <clears throat> but um, I think you should keep your carbohydrates low anyway. But when we're in ketosis, the body is using ketone bodies produced by the liver to fuel ourselves. And the body can work perfectly well using these ketone bodies as a fuel, both you know, from a muscular point of view and neural point of view and from your, your brain uh, point of view. So we have to force ourselves to, be, to, be key, to become using ketones as a fuel. And the way you force that is keeping the carbohydrates light, low. So the body kind of goes, oh Christ, I'm not having my normal carbohydrate intake. What am I going to survive on? Which of course the body will always survive. It can, th it can survive on anything you feed it, don't forget. Whether it thrives or not is a different story. So the baseline is you keep your carbohydrates really, really low. The, th the body goes, oh Christ, where's my carby kind of glycogen, glucose, fuel? I haven't got any. What am I going to do? I'm going to produce ketones within the liver to fuel myself. That's the first point. Um, it will also produce some glucose via gluconeogenesis. Once again, that happens in the liver. So you can see the liver is the magic organ. Mm. <clears throat> and that gluconeogenesis, it produces some glucose, which is useful uh, and, and for brain function and the like. So they're ketones. So people are all talking about keto this, keto that, keto the other. You know, I think it's a bit too extreme. And is it necessary? No. Um, there, as I say, the, the only thing is, from a keto point of view can be therapeutic from a, from a, a medical point of view. And also it certainly does um, eliminate things. Mm. You know, it eliminates all the crappy carbohydrates. So it has a, has a thing. But mm. people have this real obsession with being, I've got to make sure my key, my ketone bodies are up and I don't want to kick out of ketosis. Well, it's, it's ridiculous. No, I shouldn't say ridiculous, but I think it's flawed. It's too extreme. So uh, have I kind of explained it all right there, mate? I'm not, not yeah, sure. You have. And, and my take on it is so to, to get that whole um, high, high fat, uh, medium to high protein, again, it's eating pro, uh, meat, fish, uh, a few vegetables, but not so much because of the, the carbohydrates and stuff like that as well. Um, but it's, yeah. it's based around meat and fish, right? It, 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 it's more, yes, but they say, you know, you need 70% of your, all your intake from fats, mm. which is a fairly high fat load. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Is it absolutely necessary? No. Mm. But what people can get it wrong by thinking, oh, I've got to eat all this fat. Therefore, we discussed it before about, oh, I'm going to add loads and loads of, uh, you know, oils and fats to my yeah, coffee yeah. And, and everything else. And, and that can have a detrimental effect as well. Mm. So to answer your question, there's a slight difference, but keto, very high fat, as you say, around about 70% or more um, of, your, of your food intake come from fats. Mm. Um, and just to reiterate, I think it's fantastic insofar as it really will get you lean, get you fit, get your brain function working therapeutically um, to, to fix brain in injuries and illnesses is great. But is it necessary to be so strict in my opinion, no, unless you're trying to eliminate something or reverse, let's say, diabetes or something. Yeah, yeah. And epilepsy and stuff like that as well, isn't it? So yeah, it's brain, it's a, any brain injuries, it would appear, I shouldn't say any, like I'm some sort of brain doctor, <laughs> but it, it would appear that brain injuries or brain 
malfunctions, being on ketosis can, can clear that up or certainly clear that up's the wrong way, but certainly aid in these things. And the, the keto diet, Paddy, would that be something that you would do short term uh, to get into that ketosis state and then stay on that diet, but maybe being a bit more relaxed with the carbohydrates? Or is it something that you would want to do long term? That's a good question. So it, what people normally do, there's some real zealots out there and they do, do keto tests and all that. Mm. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you can stick with it, great. You will, you will do absolutely fine. Um, a lot of people do it kind of short term, the extreme keto, and then they go more to a kind of a, what you might call a paleo-esque type thing, which is, yes. it might confuse people, but the keto is a real extreme, high fat. Um, the other thing, in order to reboot yourself, I talk about becoming fat adapted. So if you try to go down this keto route, that will certainly help you become fat adapted very, very quickly. Mm. And to become a fat adapted, you want to just, you know, eat kind of protein and fat from animal sources. You'll be operating on ketones and fatty acids. Um, and that will force the body to, to become adapted to use fats, ketones and fatty acids as your fueling source. Mm. I feel I'm repeating myself because it's such a difficult yeah. question to answer because there's so many other things that are going to bolt onto it. Of course, because I know we want to cover different diets as well. And, and, you know, you could probably talk for 45 minutes plus about just the keto diet, effectively, yeah. right? Um, one question that popped up, I think, when we're talking about uh, being fat adapted in that podcast is um, ketones as a fuel. Uh, a lot of people were asking, are they as good a fuel as using glycogen? So if you're a runner, if you're doing a, a sport, if you're doing lots of weight training, uh, do you get as quicker release as energy using ketones as what you would glycogen? Does it sustain you for longer? I know the answer is that because of the whole fuel tank side of things. Um, but let's go, let's talk about just briefly before we move on to paleo ketones as a fuel. I, for my understanding of talking to you as good, if not better in an inflammation state than using glycogen. Few people said performance wise is glycogen still better than ketones? Should I, if I'm a runner and I'm going running most days, if I'm doing lots of circuit training, if I'm doing lots of weight training around that, should I be still be having more than 50 grams of carbohydrates and making my body still use glycogen as a fuel? Does that make sense? So, <clears throat> yeah. If you, remember, don't get too fixated with this 50 grams of carb. If you want to be in ketosis, then you want to keep them low, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it... We used to, I'll go back in time a little bit, we used to think from an endurance point of view, we need to kind of keep, keep the carbohydrates on board, keep the carbohydrates on board and fuel that small fuel tank. Um, but now recently, it, from an endurance point of view, uh, it would appear that because fatty acids and ketones are more sustainable, uh, sustain you for longer, mm. that's the fueling source you want to be using primarily. Yeah. And you then use your glycogen stores um, as your backup. Now, when you're on keto, in a ketone state and using ketones as your fueling source, you know, within you, they're very glycogen. It, very, it's, it helps maintain your glycogen in your muscle. So it's actually what we call glycogen sparing. Mm. So, you know, you're using these both fuel tanks. So endurance wise, my recommendation would be to try to go down the protein, uh, keto-esque type uh, way to fuel yourself because it sustains you for so much longer. 
and we've got forever fuel. The amount of fat I've got in my body is forever fuel. I could keep going forever yeah. without fueling if I'm fat adapted. Mm. However, if you're trying to build muscle to get, you know, if you're a rugby player and you want to build some muscle pre-season, or if you just want to look good and buff <laughs> naked, as it were, then I think ketones, you can absolutely get there. But carbohydrates, in my opinion, will help because carbohydrate, it draws water into the muscle and, and, and gives you that pump. So it depends really what you're trying to achieve. To answer your question, endurance, ketones work perfectly well mm. and would be my preferred option. If I'm advising people, let's say endurance runner, marathon runners. Um, and if you're trying to look buff, then adding carbohydrates in and around your workout, carbohydrate in and around your workout will help you. It's not necessary, but it certainly will help. Mm. Hopefully that helps, mate. Yeah, it, it does. And I think <clears throat> the way to, for people to understand any of this is to try it themselves, isn't it? It's not going to hurt. If you're doing lots of running, it's not going to hurt too much to try to go down this route of a keto diet, use ketones more than glycogen, and see if it uh, uh, aids your performance or if it affects your performance, isn't it really? Everybody's different in that way, isn't it? It will affect it initially, Ash, because whenever you change your fueling source, mm. like, we talk about fat adapted and there's a time lag, isn't there? We spoke about it before. Yeah. I think for the first two or three weeks, it will affect you because you think, oh, you know, where's my carbs? Where's mm. my kind of sugary drink? And and you know so my point is it'll take time for your body to readjust reboot and then i i'll find that you will be able to sustain yourself for a long long time and i'm finding that through people that i advise that let's say who are in the military or polar explorers or you know people that make the living out of being the top end of the game mm. it, you know you've got to advise these people correctly so um yeah. yeah and I, I, anyway, <clears throat> it's important. It's exactly right. And, and I think to be fair on all of that as well is whether it's training approaches you're trying for the first time or nutrition, you have to allow your body time to adapt to it. You can't just do it for one or two weeks and, and then say, make up your mind on that. You have to apply it and let your body time to adapt and use that new energy source in this case or a new training system if it's a training side of thing, isn't it really? Just let your body adapt to it uh, and, there, and then you can work, make your own mind up from there, can't you? Yep. And the rule of thumb with this is about three to four weeks, isn't it? 21, 28 days. Yeah, certainly. I, I would No less than 21 days I would try. And then, you know, you're in it. And then you can dip in now and become more flexible yeah, as yeah. far as you can use a little bit of carbs if you want in your water bottle with a bit of salt in there. But your main fueling is I'm still kind of eating a high protein or a high fat and high protein diet in this instance. So fatty choices, uh, high fat choices are protein sources such as meat and your fish for keto effectively, right? Yeah, high fat. High fat. Much. Now, let's move on to paleo. Um, has some similarities. So paleo, I would say, I, I'm, I don't follow a paleo diet, but I think paleo kind of reflects uh, slightly what I would eat in terms of a balanced diet. Um, paleo being meat, fish, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds is the foods that you're living off. So that's meat, fish, vegetables, which, again, we're all supposed to be eating anyway fruits, nuts, and seeds in there as well that you can eat, from my understanding. But it avoids grains, dairy products, not eggs, but dairy products, and legumes. Is that right? Yeah, it's about right, mate. You've, um, the, the good thing about the paleo-esque diet is that it's whole foods, isn't it? That's basically mm. what they're trying to say. Exactly. Um, and, of course, you're getting 
animal sauce, you get vegetable sauce, you get fruit sauce, you're getting some nuts in there, some seeds in there. Um, and people that follow that are also usually doing some exercise and you, you, you know, it's fairly th good thrivable food and you're not being too extreme. And as you rightly pointed out, if you're going to go down something that you think so-called healthily, that's probably not a bad way to start. Mm. So where the, 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 um, <clears throat> oh, there is one thing about paleo, so, which is a bit of a misnomer. A paleo diet for an Inuit Indian would have been more keto-esque, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas a paleo diet for a North African would have been more grainy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm getting it more carbohydrate. Yeah. yeah. And so you can see the paleo thing covers a, it's a bit difficult. Or I'm just trying to say it's a, it's, it means different things for different races yeah, yeah, yeah. and genetic types. And from a, I'm going off on a tangent, I know again, but it might be useful. You can tolerate more carbohydrates. The, the closer you, you're from to the equator, you can tolerate more carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, you kind of go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in, in the northern or southern hemispheres lower, you, you know, you people living off more fish and seal fat and all that type of thing. Mm. Whereas the closer you are to get, they're eating more carbohydrates, tubers and all that type of thing. Mm. Um, so I'm just making that point that paleo means different things to different people. I won't bang on too much because, you know, what's wrong? The, the only thing that some people might say about that is if you're, this is going to be a difficult subject, but if you're mixing, let's say I have a piece of steak for breakfast and I think, oh, well, I want a paleo dish so I'm going to have loads of vegetables with that as well. And that's fine, probably. But some of the people would say, because you're having a steak and then you're chucking loads of vegetables in the mix as well, the steak is trying to be absorbed at a certain rate whereas the vegetables are being forced through your gut. Mm -hmm. And what people say, rightly or wrongly, is that the vegetables will force that, that steak, was trying to get the nutrients out, right through your gut and out. Yeah. So therefore you don't have time to extract the nutrients from it. So you've got this, I'm having this high fibrous food alongside this high protein, high fat, which takes longer to digest. So there's a mismatch. Mm -hmm. Am I making my sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sense. Um, and then you're forcing this good quality steak right down to your, your um, large intestine where it kind of um, hasn't been able to absorb properly. Mm. The other thing to recall about the possible cons of, um, of keto, uh, sorry, of, of, of paleo is perhaps that um, the nuts and seeds thing, and we can talk about that more in the vegan, stuff, vegan side of life, but nuts and seeds certainly appear to have, um, in theory, they're full of protein and fat and some carbs in, in some instances. But they uh, also can contain a lot of anti-nutrients. And we can talk about that more. So although you're eating this really good food, it's very difficult to for those nutrients to be absorbed uh, into the body. And yeah. anyway, that's a, that's a, we can talk about that later on, hopefully. Yeah, well, so yeah. paleo, in, in my opinion, mate, as a, the classic, what we all consider to be paleo, you know, as you say, meat, eggs, mm. fish, um, and vegetables and fruit. I think 
that's not a bad way to go in fairness it's not and there's there's quite a lot of balance to it as well and i think to eat paleo you know that's where you have to be a little bit more um educated about the food you're buying as well that's where you should be going to and this is what we're a big advocate of is going to your local butchers your local fish fishmongers your local greengrocers if you're gonna have the vegetables as well um and it's it's an advocate of that as well isn't it it's making people make those healthier food choices you can't have processed foods on a paleo diet um it's all about eating whole foods um yeah it does avoid that with paleo it avoids grains dairy products and legumes legumes being your lentils peas chickpeas stuff like that your grains being oats cereal uh pasta those sort of foods um is that because obviously the paleo diet is about the hunter gatherer sort of diet, I think, isn't it? Uh, and then we only really started having grains in our diet and uh, legumes in our diet when we set, settled down uh, as, a, as a race. Is that right? Where we started cultivating our own crops? Yeah, it would appear so. Uh, although <clears throat> there has been some studies the, uh, of, uh, that paleolithical man had some grains, um, but I'm pretty sure if he had any, that wouldn't have been his thrive food. It would have been his backup food. Mm. But yeah, the modern way of life shifted dramatically about 10,000, 12,000 years ago when we became more kind of uh, domesticated, as it were, mm. and kind of agricultural. And then we shifted more from, uh, you know, eating what we could hunt and gather uh, to more of a, what we can grow. Mm. And then we talk about monocropping and well, that's, that's, for, that's more yeah. modern. <clears throat> um, there's something I wanted to mention there about paleo. Um, probably it should really be described as primal, really, rather than paleo, because as I said, the different uh, paleo means something different to some es Eskimo compared to mm. kind of a North African guy. <clears throat> um, something will come to me. I something else I want will, to pop on to. Will paleo, and again, I I suppose this depends on how many vegetables you're having uh, and fruit obviously as well paleo could also lead would that lead to being fat adapted in some ways yeah so you can see it's a it's very difficult to separate let's say a keto diet from a paleo diet it's still getting at they're, they're similar um yes and the answer is yes it would because your carbohydrate intake are normally coming from vegetables, unless you're really kicking the ass out of it and having loads and loads of tubers, mm. in which case that's a high starch, which is high carbohydrate intake. Um, yeah, it would. Um, one thing I knew I wanted to ask you something is, or mention something with the modern marketing is the bloody marketing again, you know, a paleo bar or a paleo cake or a paleo. It's oh, still, yeah. it's still yeah. ridiculously, I know. it's paleo and still crap. Mm. Although it's nice. So, um, so you've got to be careful of just because it says paleo or primal on it, you've got to be very careful that it should be one ingredient. So if you're making meal in, in your kitchen, you know, you've got a couple of ingredients. They're not a package of ingredients. That you, you know what I'm saying? Everyone yeah. knows what I'm saying, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think with any diet that we're going to speak about today as well, like plant-based as well. Plant-based is a big thing. It's 2020. There's, everything is plant-based now. I think I saw KFC doing a plant-based burger or something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah. it's, it's marketing companies, food companies making a buck off of these whole food diets effectively isn't it and it's it's wrong so don't go out and buy processed paleo food just buy the foods naturally in the whole state to use to make up your paleo diet if you're going to go that way as well um yeah. i quite i quite like what the paleo diet's about I, I like that um it is still meat fish based um 
Um, the point you made there about having too many vegetables with your steak doesn't give your body time to absorb the goodness from the steak. Um, and I suppose that's something to explore when talking about your ideal diet, how you eat certain foods at certain times and stuff like that. But um, we'll obviously cover that a little bit more. Um, I just want to mention, Ash, that um, while, you're, while you're thinking about that, is <clears throat> it's easy to get a little bit too confused. Am I keto? Am I paleo? Am I this, that, and the other? I've been, I've been doing nutritional consultation for people for the last 10 years or so. Mm. And when I ask people to have, you know, loads of vegetables, piece of meat or piece of chicken, every single person does well, thrives, feels better. Yeah. So don't get too kind of bogged down in the nitty gritty bits and pieces because everyone wants to jump on this bandwagon of I'm vegan, I'm paleo, I'm carnivore, which we can talk about. Mm. I'm a fan of carnivore, by the way, but you know, there you go. You're absolutely right. And the idea of this podcast isn't to say, right, this is what keto is. Now, if this is what you want to do, go do it. This is what paleo is. If you want to do this now, go do it. It's just explaining a little bit about what each of these trends as well, because let's be fair, they are. Paleo was a massive thing. What? 10, 15 years ago when CrossFit was on the, uh, on the way up as well. Paleo and CrossFit had that affiliation. I don't think it's so much now, is it? I think a lot of paleo, uh, sorry, CrossFit athletes now don't yeah, not so much an advocate of paleo anymore, are they? It's more like they do have more carbohydrates from, from grains and stuff like that to, to fuel themselves when they're going through. Because CrossFit, let's be fair, it's intense. It's quite brutal, if you, especially at the high end of things, isn't it? Um, yeah, you'll, you'll find that... Um... <clears throat> I think every, most people that are uh, most people that are athletic athletic kind of their performance are conscious of health mm. are still doing a vaguely pretty much a paleo-esque type thing mm. but it's only because everyone's so used to it now it's no longer kind of cool to talk about it because most people should be on it in my view or there or thereabouts and also going off track slightly Ash if I may because a sport let's say CrossFit uh, rugby, boxing, that it's very glycogen, what I call glycolic. Mm -hmm. So it can use, it can benefit from glycogen as in, therefore, it can benefit if it wants to from carbohydrate intake. So what people doing is overdoing with the carbs. Mm. And now you see a lot of recreational people, a lot also in the CrossFit community, extremely strong, but a lot of them kind of like a chub. Mm. Not all, of course, um, and I don't want to get crucified for saying that, but a lot of people are because it's slow, gly slow gly glycolic, and you're burning up that glucose and glycogen, therefore you want to crave it more. So this self-perpetuating thing, burn, train really intensely, I better refuel the carbs. And all of a sudden you go, oh Christ, why am I carrying an extra couple of pounds here and there? Um, that's a general statement. I don't want to bang on too much about it, but you a lot of people that train intensely, they're burning up glucose and glycogen because they're not fat adapted and therefore they're craving glucose and glycogen again. Mm. Whereas if it became fat adapted, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's good. Now, so paleo in a nutshell, meat, fish, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds, avoiding grains, dairy products, and legumes. Uh, there's some many pros to it. The fact that you're eating closer to what we should be eating as beings. Um, but obviously there's a few cons, like you said, and I think the main takeaway from that one is to be a little bit wise about how you balance your meals throughout the day. If you're going to have a good steak, don't have too many vegetables or too many carbohydrates with that. That's going to, especially vegetables because of the fiber, that's going to flush it through the body too quickly. So there's a good few takeaways on there, I think. Yeah. Um, let's move into carnivore. So carnivore is effectively meat, fish, eggs, and certain dairy is what it basically is, excluding 
I don't know whether it's excluding or avoiding, you can tell me this. Uh, I'm sure it's the same thing, I'm not sure. Uh, not having vegetables, fruit, grains, nuts and seeds. So it's effectively meat, fish, eggs, and certain dairy. Is that right? You, you, you went a bit, you went a bit uh, off there, Ash, but um, carnivore is basically anything from an animal. Yeah. Anything from an animal. So the good thing about, the good thing about carnivore is that it is more or less an elimination diet. So if you've got problems with your gut or, or whatever, and you just, there's something not quite right, people talk about eliminate this, eliminate that, and it's a bit difficult process. And okay, eliminate tomatoes. Well, you know, whereas if you just go straight carnivore, then, and it's from a good quality animal source, then you're eliminating half the crap. And most of the crap is anti-nutrients and lectins and things that affect your gut. And animal produce from a good quality source will not, it will only enhance you. So that's one good thing. And I am a fan of carnivore, I must say. Mm. One, because of this reason that it is, eliminates all the crap for sure. And I've found people thrive very, very well on it. Um, the, one of the things that people are worried about on carnivore diet is they say, well, I'm not getting enough vegetables, therefore I'm not getting enough fiber. And we spoke about this fiber thing that perhaps now there's more and more studies coming out that we don't actually need fiber at all, which is a bit controversial, I know, but I think it's going to be proven to be correct. Um, but what we do need is protein and fat to survive. And what gives you that animal produce, you know, an egg, uh, a piece of steak, a piece of liver, uh, some heart, um, you know what I mean? So bone broth, all that stuff, chicken, a full chicken. And that gives you all the nutrients you need, protein and fat being the main macros. We don't need carbohydrates to survive at all. And you can see I'm getting quite animated now because mm. I think it's a really good way to go. Um, whether you want to do it long-term or short-term is up to you. It is extreme. So it's like the vegan equivalent, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it is extreme, and people that are on the carnivore are quite zealoty and a bit weird, like I shouldn't say, but kind of vegan-esque, as it were. Um, but they kind of probably have a point now. The caveat to that is this has only really been popular in the last year or so, maybe. So there's no long-term studies on how just eating tongue-to-tail from an animal is. But, you know, so far it looks pretty good. But equally, when we talk about vegan, when we, you start a vegan diet, initially it's really good too. So, you know, you can't get too kind of um, what's good for one is good for the other type of thing. Um, so one of the things that people talk about with, quite important this, folks, <laughs> sound like a dick there, doesn't I? <laughs> um, is they just eat steak. And I think that's, a, uh, that's probably a problem. If you're going to go vegan, oh, sorry, if you're going to go carnivore, I think, in my opinion, you should eat tongue-to-tail. So eat the whole of the animal, not in one go, obviously, but mm. things like certainly uh, liver, certainly heart, certainly kidneys, and the red meat. And then if you go back to hunter-gatherer times or, or, or your um, evolution, there's only, one, there's only one heart in an animal. There's only one liver in an animal. There's only two kidneys. So they're prize, aren't they? There's loads of red meat in the animal. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the prize, and you normally find the, the dominant hunter, or if you look at an animal process, they'll go straight into the innards and eat those prize organs. Mm. So the point being, if you're only eating the steak 
I think you're setting yourself up for a, a um, there's a methionine and a glycine imbalance, but I won't talk about that too much. Eat the whole of the animal, tongue to tail. An example, I'm going on here, I know I've often one, but in, as I say, in the slow cooking now, I've got a couple of lamb's hearts, a couple of mints, you know, blocks of mints, and a couple of kidneys all chopped in there, and that'll marinate over the day now for about 12 hours, and then I'll have it tonight. Job done. <clears throat> Paddy, on that one, so um, one thing, having spoken with individuals, uh, and this goes back for, for you know, the tongue-to-tell thing as well, I understand. Now, if that can fall on some people's ears and immediately have the response of, oh, that's, that's a bit gross, but I don't think you should take that view with it. If you think, if you go to a butcher's, yes, you can buy what we nowadays perceive to be the prized bits of the meat, as in the fillet steaks and stuff like that as well, but they still do sell the hearts and the kidneys and all this sort of stuff and the livers. So I'll go back to that in a second. And then, but you've also got the mints and the sausages. And again, mints and sausages can be perceived to be cheap cuts of meat, the bits that aren't as good for us. Um, but that's, that's they're all good bits, especially if you go to a butcher's, a local butcher's at that. That's all, there's no, no additions to that. It's just all the ground down stuff. And it does sound gross to some people. I understand that, but let's be fair steak mints whatever it may be taste good when you make it into burgers or you put them into uh, anything you know it's 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 educating yourself about how to use the different cuts isn't it and don't just turn up turn your nose up to it and say oh it sounds a bit disgusting um you've educated yourself on it no i mean cooking hearts up it's not like you're frying it in a pan and then eating it you're putting it into into dishes and making things up with it. I'm sure you probably do put it in a pan and eat it as well. But I, uh, <laughs> I can see the expression on your face change. Oh shit! <laughs> but, but the good thing on that is, from the animal's point of view, and let's be fair. I mean, when we're going to go into vegetarians, vegans, there's there's the, the the animal side of it. They don't like the fact that they're eating animal, and I get that. For the carnivore diet, eating uh, nose to tail, tongue to tail, is effectively making every bit of use for the animal that's died to give us what what we need effectively isn't it so yeah. if, if anything it's a better way to eat if you're going to eat meat because you're making the most of the animal aren't you does that make sense yeah that's absolutely right it shows without being too geeky it shows a bit of respect to the animal doesn't it by the whole <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um but i think the points to take, take away from that is the the pros are it eliminates crap from your diet the other pro is we know well, we think we know it's likely, uh, sorry, I'll take that back. We need protein and fat. Mm -hmm. We don't need carbohydrates. And the whole of the animal gives you that. Also, it's a very bioavailable source of nutrients, bioavailable and body available, available to the body. Whereas maybe vegetarian and vegan isn't as bioavailable. We could talk, mm -hmm. talk about that later yeah. on for sure. Um, the, the cons would be, well, it's a pro and a con, really. There's no fiber, and that people get a bit twitchy about that. But more and more and more studies are coming out saying actually fiber doesn't isn't necessarily that necessary, as it were. It it can be useful, of course it can. But the point being, you don't have to use it because the body will make nutrients for the lower intestine from the gut microbiome from um, ketones. Mm -hmm. So so we're all kind of joins in here. Yeah. So we don't need fiber to produce these butric acid and short chain fatty acids, ketones will provide them, which you get when you're eating animal produce. Um, and it will also 
repair there's so there's so many good things that it does um but i say people are a little bit twitchy about it because they're oh christ i mean too much red meat you're not you're eating i I think it and i hope that we can't cover everything in one podcast you know Mm. we've gone through a few different podcasts and we're touching on ketones and ketosis and fat adapted and stuff like that as well and and it's a bigger and bigger subject i think there's just another podcast just there on gut health and fiber for example um the thing is, I think with a lot of people's um, response to stuff like this is it does go against what we are all told. Fiber is massively important. Saturated fat, we have to eliminate and have as not, not too much of it. Saturated fat leads to ca- uh, cardiovascular disease and stuff like that. When actually, and there's, there's lots of studies nowadays which are pro-saturated fat, for example. And, and as you, you've been learning a lot of over this past year about fiber is it actually needed especially in the extent that we think it is so i think you got to go into if you're going to want to learn more about nutrition and understand this you've got to go into it with an open mind and just kind of not hang on to all these things that we've been told year in year out because the nutritional industry itself is changing we, we can't look at what the marketing companies are selling us like we'll go into vegan in a minute which i i appreciate anyone who's vegan obviously um but what I don't like is how the marketing side of it has jumped on it massively this last year or so with plant-based this, plant-based that sort of thing, you know, and we'll go into vegan in a minute, obviously, but that's what you got. I think taking anything away from this, you just got to have your open mind, make up your own uh, thoughts and uh, decisions based upon that. Um, and try not to be swayed by what we've been told for the past, God knows how many years, decade upon decade, you know, and that's probably true, isn't it? Because again, you, you probably dealt with people who say like fiber, not that important. And like, well, it is actually, but yeah. you're not just saying this on a whim. You, the people that you are affiliated with and you research with, you know, they're, they're given actual evidence about why you do or don't need it. Don't you? Yeah. You've, you, uh, even last year, Ash, I used to say the most important thing is if the vegetables on the plate, the most important thing, you know, get that fiber in you. Cause that's the only carbohydrate we need in the body. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's still good advice. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say now is, as you pointed out, more and more studies are saying we don't need the fiber to get the benefits. As long as you have good, healthy gut, um, you can produce those short chain fatty acids, which is the whole point of fiber, really, mm. and help peristalsis, blah, blah, blah. But can be produced by having ketones, which you know, produced by carnivore-esque type, type diet. As you say, we could talk about that for a long, long time. But um, yeah. I'm a kind of a fan of carb, uh, of of uh, carnivore, but I must say that I kind of cheat with it because I add vegetables to certain things. So I think, well, you know, <laughs> it ain't bad. I, I think isn't that the what you should do with any of these things? You know, you should apply the rules or the principles to it as wholly as you want to, or loosely if you want to. You know, you adding vegetables to some of your meals, you do that because it suits you, what you desire, and what you need. That's perfectly fine, yeah. isn't it? You know, as you said earlier, there are people that would follow follow carnivore to a T, and that's all they have. Uh, if they do that, that's fine. That's their opinion. Obviously, it gets a bit murky when people start shouting about this is the only way. This is what you must do. And I, just like you, that's what I don't like about the health and fitness industry. When you get these people who are so extreme, and then they shout shouting to everyone else that they should also do the same as that person. You know, it's not every. You got to be specific, and it's got. It's got to work for that individual and their needs a bit. Yeah. So carnivore, meat, fish, eggs, certain dairy. Um, certain dairy, is that just a case of you can have cheese and stuff like that? Or 
Yeah, pretty much. They don't get too they don't get too worried about the whole dairy thing, so long as it's from a. They, what they try to say is, um, and probably rightly in my opinion, it's unpasteurized. And trying to get unpasteurized milk or dairy around here is quite difficult. Mm. You can get unpasteurized goat's cheese, which is good actually, if you're into dairy. Um, but you know, the problem with pasteurized milk, it's been messed around with, so that's a slightly different thing um, on our bodies, and also. The, the counter to that is because it's it's cow's milk. You know, people say well, it's made for calves, and that's correct. Mm. But you know, we can some can do quite well with milk, others mm. can't. So, yeah, they say you can have dairy if you want, yeah. or you can tolerate it. Mate, that's good. Okay, uh, and just to finish on on carnivore, it is excluding. This is if it's extreme, excluding veg, fruit, grains, nuts, and seeds. But again, play with the principles to suit you, really. You know. Yeah, carnivore, just animal produce. Yeah. Yep. All I see at the minute for me is a balance and I'm kind of like, I'm not hitting any of these. I'm not a pure keto. I'm not a pure carnivore. I'm not a pure paleo. I'm kind of dipping in and out of each one and we'll finish on that in a bit. Um, but let's move on now then to the, the non-animal, the non-meat. So vegetarian to start with. Uh, vegetarian um, will lead us into vegan as well. So vegetarian is no meat, but they will have eggs, uh, they will have vegetables, oats, nuts and seeds, nut butters, beans, lentils, soya, which is what we'll talk about in a, in a bit with this one as well. Um, so this is basically everything but not meat. But they will have dairy. Is that right? In, if you're a vegetarian. Yeah, I always get confused. Ash. I've got to say, I'm, I'm, um, it's much easier to discuss a vegan because they just have plant or plant-based don't well, they i'll tell you what then Let, let's start with vegan because vegan as well is very um it is let's be fair it is trendy at the minute and and this is another annoyance for fitness professionals i'm sure that trends come into it a celebrity or two would jump on that bandwagon because they're getting paid to as well marketing and food companies jump on the bandwagon and they start packaging up plant-based ready-made foods uh which aren't healthy for you um and, and you can see how people get carried away with that. Um, me, personally, I like vegetables. Um, I've got a couple of plant-based cookbooks, and I love the plant-based foods and meals you can make out of that. Sometimes I do have it just a meal of vegetables. I, I've made like a, a, a vegetable-based lasagna or something like that. Um, sometimes I would take those meals that I've learned from these plant-based cookbooks and add a bit of meat to it as well, because I do still eat meat. Um, I think you can do make some amazing meals with, with plants and vegetables. Um, a vegan then um, is no animal products, no meat, no dairy, no fish. Is that right? No everything, fish. mate. Any animal products. So any leather. So all of their nutritional intake comes from vegetables, fruit, legumes, nuts, seeds, bread, pasta, rice, soy milk, coconut milk, oat milk, that sort of stuff. Nothing with animal products in. That's right, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, the couple of things that pop into to my head, I'll get the joke out of the way, you know, how do you know a vegan? Well, they'll tell you. <laughs> but um, I, that, you could say the same for carnivore, do you know what I mean? So, um, for for so, any extremist in that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> vegans don't shoot me. Um, so pros and cons. I think if you, let's, let's bunch maybe vegan vegetarianism maybe together as it were, because if you go down that line, there will be a honeymoon period where because you, once again you're eliminating what is possible crap that you've been eating mm. 
um, and you're just going down the fruit and vegetables. And normally vegans are pretty health conscious. So they're, you know, making their meals from just, you know, um, whole, whole foods as it were. So therefore there will usually be a honeymoon period where they feel better, brighter, more energized, um, simply because they're reducing toxins and, and crap. So that's a good thing. But very often after months or certainly years, they'll start, not all, I've got to be, got to be careful what I say, but very often they'll start to deteriorate. They'll start to lose sarcopenia. They'll start to lose muscle mass. And very, very often gut health is affected. And that is a, what I'm finding a lot mm. is hardcore vegans, especially the gut health is very badly affected <clears throat> because of these mass influx of anti-nutrients that they're taking on board. You know, lectins, phytic acid, oxalates, that type of thing, which are an anti-nutrients as well as the leak nutrients out of your body as well. So although let's say you think you're getting X amount of nutrients, the anti-nutrients attached to that make it not. Yeah. So you think you get an X amount of protein, but it's not being absorbed. And the word I would use, quite important word, would be bioavailability, which I mentioned before. Yeah. So the bioavailability from a vegan, uh, vegetarian um, meal would not be as bioavailable as a carnivore meal. Mm. And I don't take sides. I'm just saying that's the way it is. <clears throat> and that's... The way it is, I, you know, I might get shot for this, but that, what can I tell you? Mm. I can't argue with the facts. No, and and, and I suppose the thing is, um, one thing is you can't deny that we need protein. And someone who's following a vegan diet or vegetarian diet, which is predominantly made up of vegetables again, but they might have some dairy, I believe. Um, you have to be very varied with the food you're eating to make sure you're getting all of the proteins and the amino acids that you need, don't you? And that's, that's probably where, you know, it can become a struggle for a lot of people. That's where you have to know how to cook, how to prepare your foods. If you're following a vegan or vegetarian diet, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so you, you can, as I say, the, the word I would keep banging home here is bioavailability. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and very often these guys are very, very health conscious, you know, and they really want to, it's not they're just doing it because they're trying to be cool. No. A lot of people really are health conscious and think I want to become a vegan in order to reduce my saturated fat, reduce mm. my red meat, which we, we've talked about before earlier. Mm. And they're often, they, they cook the whole foods and stir fry it up, or whatever they do. But as I say, normally there will be honeymoon period where they go, oh, I feel better. You know, my bowels are better. Everything's better. But then after a while, it, becomes the opposite the guts become really quite bad they lose muscle mass their brain function is i hate to say this their brain function is kind of scuppered they, they lower they're lowering their brain function and normally it's due to either these anti-nutrients that they're taking on board a lot of them or the fact that it's simply not bioavailable the nutrients they're getting so in theory let's say they're getting 40 grams of protein or whatever, whatever it is they won't be absorbing that. Yes. Um, and then you've got the added problem with certain films that have come out recently mm -hmm. that are advocating this plant-based stuff. And actually it's, it's false. Am I allowed to say that? It's just yeah, yeah. been bullshit. Mm -hmm. So although I can make a cool film and all great production, if it's bullshit I'm talking, then it's bullshit. Um, and then you look at, let's say, we could talk about that, quickly about you know they talk about well these these gladiators or whatever they were plant-based well the gladiators were plant-based in order so they could get fat mm. 
and because it was a it was food for the peasants as it were <laughs> do you know yeah. so you know you've got to be careful what um, what you're looking at um there like when i talk about bioavailability let's say you're give some examples your omega-3 content um, which we know is massively important for brain function anti-inflammatory all that stuff if i'm only getting my omega-3 from ala which is the plant source i can't absorb that hardly whereas if i get my omega-3 from fish oil which is dpa and epa then i absorb that really well it has a fantastic you know straight into where it needs to be so that's one example another example might be uh let's see uh, D2, you want D3, and D2 is the vegetarian form, but it's D3 that you want. Okay. Let's say we're talking about K2. Um, this is all vitamins, you know. You, you get the veg vegetable source of vitamins, but the animal source of vitamins that you actually need. Mm. You know, I, yeah, yeah. Sense. I know vegans are going to want to kill me. Um, uh, to recap, honeymoon period with carnivore for sure. I think it's probably going to prove to be good. And there's a honeymoon period with vegetarian veganism, but ultimately, in my view, the vegan thing will lose muscle, lose brain function, certainly lose gut health, gut integrity, and that has a massive cascade on inflammation, health, longevity, and so on and so forth. Um, I, oh, the other thing, as you mentioned, is the fact that everyone now is sexy to be vegan and the marketers are knowing this so i'll have a vegan this vegan that vegan the other yeah. and it's full of crappest food in the world mm. it's amalgamation of of all sorts of frankenstein foods and that's what people call this you know that burger which is plant-based is full of shit mm. and that's the only way you can describe it um and you know you think you haven't because it's plant-based but it's plant-based is shit mm. so anyway um, but well, i'm getting a bit high horsey so i'll stop yeah, but the thing is i think I think it's important to point out. Yeah, I know you follow very much like a, a carnivore-based diet, um, but this isn't. This isn't. This is non-biased from you. This is all stuff that you you aren't saying because you don't like people that don't eat meat because that's not that's not what you're about. I know you, and it's based on the research and the resources that you've been reading into. And and that's you mentioned the whole plant-based film, effectively, right? Uh, the, the old game changers, and I think with that one. It's Ash, you're, you've gone off, mate. Oh, hang on. Oh, no, you're okay now. We're back. Um, yeah, got you. Yeah, so it's like it's a non biased opinion. You're just saying it's because it's how the body reacts to the foods that we eat. The, the Game Changers film, the plant based film, now I've seen that, and to be honest with you, you can see why that inspires a lot of people to want to eat plant based foods. You can see that because it's very well produced, they've got lots of content in there. Uh, they've got celebrities advocating it as well. So it's very easy to go down that route. But, and I've seen people like debunk that whole film, explain why it's not as it should be perceived. And, you know, the thing is, you're talking about research. You, you're saying that our body needs minerals, vitamins that are, that we get from animals. And, and that's, that's the bottom line of it, isn't it? And we're not saying to anyone, you shouldn't be vegan because everyone's got their own choices. And if it suits no, their, their needs, exactly right. But we're just, what we're trying to get across here is what a vegan diet is, the pros of it and the cons of it. Um, I've, I've made some very nice plant-based food. I would never go to a supermarket and buy a plant-based food that's been made for me because of what you said. It's like an amalgamation of different ingredients. You can make great 
food you can make a plant-based uh, bean burger for at home and it's i've done it it tastes nice i like it but i think the thing is um it's with everything you can go extreme you just got to understand what effect it's having on your body haven't you really and this isn't based on just training outcomes either this is health isn't it this is what our body needs to survive yeah so what you find is a lot of if you do the whole vegan vegetarian thing slightly cockeyed you'll also have a huge carbohydrate intake because mm. as it were so beans lentils grains they're all high carb aren't they yeah so remember we don't need carbohydrates at all to survive any protein and fat to ingest yeah so you know you've got this anti-nutrients attached to what you're eating and the fact that it's high carb and the fact that maybe it's full of crappy other nutrients there the anti-nutrients from that mm. uh, and also the fact that the ingredients may be all a mishmash of all sorts of stuff and it does without a doubt ill health mm. so i know that a lot of vegans as i say i keep reiterating a lot of vegans vegetarians are very health conscious and they're they're stir frying the you know the food and just making good quality vegetables at home and all that and that's commendable but in my opinion they're dismissing the fact that animal protein oh sorry animal produce from a good quality source is far more bioavailable less anti-nutrients to it and um and causes far less uh, internal strife within the body, one of which being inflammation. Yeah. Now, I'll just quick, quick chat, if I may, Ash. One of my best mates I was in the army with for many, many years, he has become vegan oh, about six months ago, and he's loving it. And, you know, he's an out-and-out soldier, kind of, but he's, he's vegan, although he has got leaner for sure, but has he lost muscle? I don't know, to be fair. But he's fit, healthy, happy. So you know. Yeah, yeah. But he does it well. He's a very good cook, you know. So, and that's that's the key thing, isn't it? If you're going to follow anything, carnival, vegan, whatever it is, just do it right and do it ongoingly as well. Don't just don't just dip in and out because that's where you're sending your body into all a confused state almost, isn't it? Yeah, make your own food basically. Make your own food, and um, I know, especially with uh, in in the vegan uh, areas and also in in carnival areas, really, you've got to know where you're food source is coming from so if you are going to go down the animal product route and you are going to eat meat um that's why you have to go local if you're going to places where they've got a, a cattle uh, shed somewhere where they're just keeping their cattle in little pens it's not nice for the animal they're not feeding it any good they're not eating grass for example they're eating chemicals and hormones and all sorts of other stuff they're eating the, the grains and the seeds um if you go local you know that the animal you're eating and let's be fair, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't eat animal because they don't want to eat an animal. And I understand that. I really do. That's fair enough. You do have to, if you are going to eat animal, eat the ones that have been looked after and raised well, effectively, because they're better for you. Um, and it's, it's gone through a better lifespan, hasn't it? It's not just cooped up in a pen from birth to whatever the eating age is and then slaughtered and then put on some, onto a supermarket shelf somewhere, isn't it? You, you bring up a good point, Ash, is that, so, you know, I've got, even though I'm trying to be non-biased, it's clear that I'm kind of saying you should be eating more animal produce. You know, I can't deny that. No. But you're right. If the animal produce is, is an unhealthy animal, then, of course, that affects you. So what they'd normally talk about is if it's highly grain-fed, the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is out of balance. Omega-6 in, in a lot is inflammatory. 
So although I'm doing anti-inflammatory, you're actually ingesting something inflammatory. And then, of course, it's an unhealthy animal. It might have been injected with hormones and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So you've got this inflammatory response. Mm. And the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 should be about one-to-one. But currently in this modern diet, it's the omega-6 is really high. We're taking aboard, so it's inflammatory. The point being, as you rightly pointed out, if you go to the farm, go to the butchers, talk to them, where's that? And get good quality. <clears throat> and, and, and also it's the same with vegetables, isn't it? If you go to your local grocers, your local green grocers, you can probably see where the vegetables that you're buying have been grown and, and nurtured, yeah. right? If, again, if you're going to a supermarket, you have no idea where, where, how it's been cultivated, what, what, what pesticides have been used on it and so forth as well. So whatever your choice is, whether it's animal produce predominantly, or if it's plant-based or vegetables predominantly, or if it's a little bit of a mix of the both and you've got balance from all of that, um, the, the key thing is, and this is what we're both a big advocate, is to eat local. And I know we've both said about this many times before, um, I still go to a supermarket every now and then. I do try to go to my local butchers as much as I possibly can, but we all fall into that uh, slump sometimes where we just go to Tesco's or something like that. It's, but it's so important, isn't it, for your health side of things, for the, econ- for the economy, for these businesses as well, to go and shop local, isn't it, really? I say, especially now with the whole, I don't want to go on down the, the whole current situation thing, but for sure, when we come out of this, it would be nice that people start buying local from, you know, your local areas, you know, and that might help our local economy so that's another discussion which i'm too stupid to understand but there you go (laughs) (laughs) well i I think though on this just to just to draw a line on the like vegan vegetarian vegetarians obviously very similar to vegan but they will have some dairy produce like eggs uh, and cheese i believe i i don't know too much about that yeah i'm I'm not too clued up in it because i i'm not a fan but which again do you know what i mean if you're going to have predominantly vegetables as your nutritional intake if you can add eggs to it and if you can add a bit of dairy then that's a good thing because at least you're, you're having some of from the vitamins and minerals you get from that it's it's enabling you to have a higher protein intake in your day uh, and a, a vegetarian or a vegan uh, will have to have a massive variety of foods all the time to make sure they're getting all the amino acids because uh, plants or vegetables don't always have the full chain amino acids like uh, like meat or animal products would um, it's got everything you need. Yeah. yeah. One one last thing on that. I don't know if you know much about it. Is the soybean uh, is the one plant that has the full chain amino acids. It's a complete protein. Soya. Um, is that how a, a vegetarian or a vegan can make sure that they keep their protein intake where it should be? Good question, Ash. Um, in theory, soya's got the the amino acids doesn't it but once again it comes down to bioavailability that's the key kind of word it's not as bioavailable and also then a piece of steak would be far better for you yeah or a piece of fish if you kind of just want w2 um, and also it's very high gmo you know gen- genetically modified and also it's it's monocropping so i know there's this chat about you know the the um cows are depleting the world of all that stuff well actually it's monocropping that's doing that mm. um, and uh, you know the, the soil has been depleted because we're having the same bloody uh, plant soil in this instance on the same soil all, all the time depletes the soil so to answer the question is in theory it should work but in practice it doesn't mm. what I would suggest to people who say right I don't care what that bloke said about carnivore or eating meat i'm not going to do it which is fine but what i would urge you to do let's say in your casserole your slow cooker whatever chuck in a couple of scoops of pea protein which is still vegan still vegetarian isn't it and it's got a very good nutrient profile pea protein 
So um, I would urge you to put that in. Bear in mind, the body needs protein and fat. It doesn't need carbohydrates. So yeah. there we have it. Well, and, and to finish on there then, so the main thing, no matter what, if you are following a diet exactly perfectly fine, obviously, you must, it's important, I think, if you're going to go down one route to, to stay on that, especially for like a good period of time, just don't dip in and out. Um, we, we discussed at the beginning, like what I would probably do and, you know, what my diet, I would perceive, I don't really fit any of those brackets. I eat meat, I eat fish, I don't eat enough fish, I should eat more fish. Um, I eat meat, I eat fish, I eat vegetables, bit of fruit occasionally, nuts and seeds very occasionally as well. But my diet is consistent of like meat and vegetables. A few takeaways already from chatting to you, not just on this podcast, but over the years as well. The, the importance of having the meat separate from the vegetables to allow it time to absorb and stuff like that. That sort of stuff you can, we can discuss more of. Um, but to be fair, mate, a balanced diet of meat, fish, vegetables uh, from local sources. So you know where that source of food is coming from. You know it's been good for the environment as well because of that. It does help the local businesses rather than the big chain supermarkets and so forth. Um, that's an okay diet, right? Yeah, I, I think my I think my kids are just going to come in, but um, I think yeah, if you're going to go down the middle of the road and not become too extreme on either side of the fence, as it were, mm. that's absolutely fine. And the the whole vegetables with your meat thing, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's just what I'm saying is that you you can't absorb as as better. Mm. Oh, hi, kids. Uh, you can't absorb as well when you've got new, uh, that on your plate. So, but. I don't really mind that, to be fair. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, that's, there's loads more, mate, and I haven't discussed it well enough, I know, because there's some questions, probably more questions than answers, but... Um, mate, no, to be honest with you, James, is perfect, because what we've been able to do there, we've been able to discuss uh, some of these diets to explain a little bit about what they're about. Um, I know you're, you're not so much an advocate, but I know you follow more the carnivore sort of diet, I'm kind of in between a few of those different ones with the meat and the vegetables. Um, nothing against someone who wants to eat purely plant-based as well. We've all got our own beliefs and what we want to do. Uh, the key thing though, I think, just to finish on, is get the protein content right. No matter what diet you're, you're having, you have to make sure you're getting the protein content right. Is that fair? Yeah, fair to finish I would say, to sum up, would be the, the carnival thing, um, kind of elimination diet, it gives you everything you need, including vitamin C. Mm. which is odd, uh, but it does. Uh, um, but the lack of fiber causes some people to get upset. The vegan diet, um, in theory, you're getting correct nutrients, but the bioavailability is low, and you will have a honeymoon period where everything feels good, but after a while, normally, you find that people start to kind of wither slightly, both mentally and physically. Mm. And as you rightly pointed out, maybe somewhere in between is, is probably, probably about right. And um, I wouldn't get too hung up on it. So long as whatever you're going to eat, you rightly pointed out, is, is, is good, good yeah. quality, one ingredient, as it were. And we're not going to talk about this because I know you've got to go. I know your kids are just showing up and stuff. But um, Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean diet keeps getting coming up. I mean, I'm not going to say I follow Mediterranean diet, but the one thing that's good about that is the amount of fish that they have. And that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I, I would say if you think, Christ, I'm not going to eat. I'm Sorry. not going to eat. It's all right. I'm not going to eat red meat or or you know animal, uh, you know cows or whatever it is or whatever. 
But what I would urge you to do is try to eat some fish. Even if you just start with prawns would be a good one or scallops would be a really good one just to start with. Hey, Elsie, come here. Come here. So that'd be a really good one to start with. Are you talking to? Talking to this guy. Hello, Elsie. And I think to finish with as well, to finish with, it's good for your kids to eat right as well, isn't it? Give me good. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Well, Oski here, actually. Mm. He, um... He like eats heart and all sorts of stuff, so he's uh, he should be eating what we're eating. Is in fact probably better because mm. of brain function. And actually, weirdly, why don't kids like vegetables? Just saying, I'll leave that one hanging in the air. But they eat meat anyway. I love, you you, I, I love your finishes. I love your finishes. Last time it's a deal with what how, you know our digestive system and how the poo comes out, mate. You know, so we we seem to have a really good end to our podcast. We but can mate, talk about the di digestion, mate, if you wanted to, with the fact that our small intestine is so long, so we can absorb meat, mm -hmm. and our large intestine is so small, which is where we're supposed to absorb vegetables, but it's so small. So that tells you another thing as well. Anyway, I don't want <laughs> to get shot by the vegetarians and vegans. Okay. Well, listen, James, thanks very much, mate. Great, great knowledge as always. And um, it, it just opens up a whole other load of podcasts we can start doing. Anti-nutrients, fibre, gut health. That'll be the next one to come, I guess, you know? Cool. Mate, thanks for your time. Bye, Ash. Take care, buddy. Speak soon. Cheers, mate. Yep. Bye-bye. So thanks again, James, uh, as always, for your knowledge. Um, while James goes off and, and plays with his kids, um, I think it's just important to give a few points to finish with for this podcast. So um, as you can see, there, there's many different diets trends um you get extremists of each um i think for me um variety is key get balance in your diet as well if you're going to go down the carnivore route if you're going to go down the vegan route it's entirely up to you it's your choices make sure it works for you and make sure within those uh nutritional intakes every day make sure there's a, a balance to it all um james was saying in a previous podcast that if you're going to go down the meat-based uh, roots. Make sure you're having uh, red meat type foods in the morning, some lean protein like chicken, turkey around lunchtime and a fish based protein in the evening so that there's variety to that. There's balance to it. So you're getting the different vitamins, minerals and so forth coming in at different stages of the day. So you're going to get a different hormonal effect. If you're going to go down the plant based route, down the vegan route or vegetarian route, perfectly fine as well but you have to make sure you're getting the right amount of protein in your diet every day you're going to have to make sure there is variety in the foods that you're choosing to eat every day as well so you're getting the different amino acids coming in you're getting the different vitamins vitamins and minerals as well so as a starting point really I think, you know, you don't have to choose any of these diets. You don't have to say, right, I'm going to do the keto diet. Or I'm going to do the carnivore diet. Or I'm going to go paleo. I'm going to go plant-based. I'm going to be a vegetarian. Some of you listen to this, you probably already got your own beliefs and you're probably already following your own nutritional intake and it works for you. And that's perfectly fine. Really is. Today's podcast was really just about making sure you've got uh, an understanding about what these different trends and terminologies are that get coined around and chucked around the industry. The key point, though, something that I've touched on, uh, James has, has spoken about uh, immensely, is get the protein requirement correct, whether that's 1.5 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight, whether it's 2 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight. 
Um, if you weigh 70 kilograms, you want to have around 100 grams of protein at least anyway. So whether you're getting that from plant-based foods, whether you're getting that from animal-based foods, make sure you're hitting your daily uh, protein requirement, especially if you're training, especially if you're active. If you want to see a result from your training, you have to make sure you're giving your body the best chance of growth. Um, and you can do that or you'll do that by making sure you get your protein amount correct every day. And it's got to be every day. You can't dip in and out. It can't be. It will be better to have high protein content days mostly. And obviously we will have bad days. But if you can get it right every single day, that's when you really see the good effects that what you want to couple your training with your nutrition. I myself, as we were ended with, I do eat animal sources. Uh, I do try to be varied with the animal sources I have. I will eat steak. I will eat good quality mints, good quality sausages, chicken. I do like to eat fish. That is the one thing I, I want to eat more of, and that's a habit that I need to change. Um, I do have vegetables with my meals as well. Um, I'll even have a bit of starch. I'll have a little bit of bread every now and then. I'm a bit of a, it's a guilty pleasure, a nice uh, loaf of bread. But I do know that when I eat starchy carbohydrates, especially bread or pasta, I have a, a negative effect from that. I feel more bloated. I feel my energy levels change. If I'm eating well throughout the day and having good uh, sources of uh, animal produce, vegetables, I, I do feel, to coin a, a phrase from James, I feel like I'm thriving and I've got energy and I can focus. If I'm having more starchy-based foods, I do feel those slumps in energy. I do feel more bloated. Um, it affects me mentally. So I guess from that, learn what foods work for you. And then make sure the ones that work for you in a positive way, make sure that they're the ones that you're having are on more of a regular basis. I guess I'm the whole old cliche of having uh, meat and veg, three meals a day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, I, I'm not fussed if I have breakfast straight away or if I have it a couple hours after I wake up. Um, but I will have about three meals a day. And that seems to give me the calorific intake I need. And I'll, I'll supplement that a little bit with either a protein supplement or some like healthy snacks in between if I need it. Um, on days where I'm not training as much or training at all, uh, I will probably eat a little bit less. Uh, and I'm not too worried about that. Um, but eating regular for me is a big thing. One thing I have started to implement, um, and I say I have started, I've done it once. Uh, my first week of doing this was last week. The second week is this week. I am doing a fasting day uh, once a week. Um, that's where you, I'll have a 24-hour fast. Um, listen to our podcast about fasting if you want to hear a bit more about that. Um, I feel really good on it. I've only done it once. It may go. It may change. Uh, I can keep you updated. But I think fasting once a week is good. It allows me to flush out anything in my body, a little bit of a, a, a mini detox, so to speak. Um, because I don't eat enough fish, um, I do supplement with fish oils, really good way to make sure you're getting your essential fatty acids coming in on a daily basis. Good supplements are vitamin and mineral supplements as well. Protein supplement is really good. If you follow a vegan diet, you can use pea protein instead of whey protein. Um, but a protein supplement is really useful to make sure you're hitting your protein target every day. If you're not doing it with food. Um, obviously they're really useful to have post training because it just shuttles the protein to your body straight away and it can start being utilized straight away by the body. Um, 
And then the old make sure you just drink in lots of water and limiting the alcohol and diuretics such as tea and coffee throughout the day. And that's kind of your balance that you need. Make sure you're getting your protein requirement correct. Make sure you've got variety in what you're eating. Educate yourself if you need to about how to cook these foods so they taste nice for you. Get a little bit of an understanding about meal prep. One thing we haven't really talked about much in this podcast is habit forming. Now, if you're looking or wanting to go down any of these routes that we've discussed today, or if you're looking to improve your nutrition for health reasons, maybe you have too much processed foods, ready meals, um, there will be an addiction to some of these foods because of the uh, food additives, etc., that they add into these processed foods. They make your body want to crave it. These food companies want you to go back and buy that product again. So as a first habit to form, you know, you don't have to go cold turkey. You don't have to just stop having these processed foods and go straight to these healthy meats, vegetables, and etc. Maybe just try and cut down to start with a couple days a week. Um, and just add in these little habits on a daily basis. Set yourself a short-term goal, a medium-term goal, and a long-term goal to where you want to be. But habit forming is key. There's another podcast there, obviously, where we can talk about how to habit form, uh, what you can do in the short-term, medium-term, and long-term to make yourself have a healthier uh, nutritional intake. Um, But that's it really for today. Um, Again, thanks to James for coming on just to put in – a little bit of an insight into what keto, paleo, and carnivore is. Um, just to be clear, anyone who is a vegetarian who, who is a vegan, I know many of these individuals as well. And I, I do know uh, vegans who have a really healthy diet. They have a lot of variety. It works for them. Um, but also I know some vegans who have taken on board the stuff that James has uh, delivered for us on our nutrition course uh, and found it very insightful. So with any of this stuff, Go in with it with an open mind. You know, we're not the sort of people to ever say, right, if you're vegan, we don't want to talk to you because that's really not the case. Same as everyone's like a real extremist in terms of keto. You know, we want to be open to all of these different elements. So today's podcast really was just about explaining what they are. Uh, Hopefully it's been insightful for you um, and giving you a few things to think about. Um, And obviously all of these topics we can go a lot further into. I think some, some to cover very soon will be uh, the gut health side of things and fiber as well and discuss discussing these uh, anti-nutrients um, also so that's to come um, we've got some great podcasts lined up uh, coming up for you over the next few weeks so do stay tuned if you haven't done so yet please do subscribe to our channel it really helps us get our message across to to a wider audience um, and please do share our content around on your social media it'd be really appreciated um anyway so i hope everyone is well and i hope you enjoyed our podcast today and we'll be back probably next week if not this week with another one so do stay tuned thanks for listening thanks for listening to today's podcast all about the pros and cons of modern diets My name is Ashley Hoff, and you can find more content from what we deliver here by going to www.performancetrainingacademy.com. You'll be able to find our courses, our qualifications, blogs and videos, and even the advanced nutrition course that James Buckingham has done for us. For more content from James, please head over to www.precisionperformance.co.uk. Thanks for listening.